Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and the president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and in Bradenton, Florida as well, an office in the Cleveland area there in Strongsville. And you can find us online by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. We're going to put Scott's more than 20 years of financial and retirement planning experience to the test on today's show. But before we dive into everything, Scott, it is great to have you with us once again. How you been? I've been doing great, Walter, enjoying these last few uh, days of summer here. We are officially turning the page to fall. Are you looking forward to uh, this time of year? Oh, you know what? It's fall's my favorite time of the year. I mean, I, I love it. It starts cooling down. I love the leaf changes. You know, the coolest thing is like when you take a drive somewhere. And my one daughter uh, goes to the, goes to school at Slipper Rock in Pennsylvania. I'm sure I've probably mentioned that before, but. Anyway, you know, taking that drive out there to Pennsylvania in the fall, you're going through the woods and, you know, all the leaf changes. I mean, it's just beautiful. Love yeah, it. It's the best. Um, the only thing I don't like, fall is still my favorite time of year, although being a pool owner now, boy, we have a lot of tall trees hovering right over the pool. So <laughs> fall turns in very quickly to a nightmare of uh, before we shut the pool down for the year, having to fish lots and lots of leaves out of the pool. But I know that sounds like the definition of a first world problem. So I won't Yeah, you've got a real rough much. life, Walter. <laughs> real rough life. Hey, when they when they pile up in there, they get really heavy to pull out, you know, wet leaves. They, 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 they weight piles up. But no, I'm just messing. Uh, I meant to ask you, by the way, Scott, what about your, um, your daughters? I know that uh, what's it been like with them getting back into school and lacrosse duties? And have they been able to, to do all of that with the, you know, pandemic still going on? and a lot of the changes to sports and athletics and that kind of thing? Yeah, so my three daughters that are in college playing lacrosse, they've, uh, you know, my one daughter that's at Slippery Rock, my, my freshman, she is, uh, they're doing lifting, uh, but they have no so-called fall ball. So they, they used to do practices, and, and then they do like a tournament or a couple of scrimmage games with some other schools in the fall. Um, that's all canceled they they are doing like captain's practices where the just the team kind of gets together and throws around the ball but uh same thing over uh at capital university down in columbus uh the both teams you know they're they're both lifting so they're, they're doing that and they have to work out with mask on quite uncomfortable but uh you know that the fall ball's been canceled but fingers crossed come springtime we'll be good to go and then the, my 11 year old's playing lacrosse too and, and she is doing uh they are going to have a few tournaments with her club team uh, here in the fall, so we'll see how those go. Yeah, it seems like the uh, the younger kids are able to play some games and get in a lot of practices, and it seems like they almost have less restrictions. We were walking the dogs the other night and saw a lacrosse team, uh, boys lacrosse, I believe it was, playing, you know, just playing and having mm-hmm. a good time and going about doing their thing. You would have never known we were in the middle of a pandemic, so it's just funny to see the, the different places react differently and have different, you know, standards and rules that they have to deal with. And it sounds like your three daughters all kind of have different levels that they're dealing with in their three locations. So probably pretty interesting for you to watch from a distance and see how it all evolves. It gets frustrating. I just want to be done with this and get, <laughs> That's get true. going. That's true. If there's one thing we can all agree on in this world, it's that we're all definitely tired 
of the uh, of the whole pandemic deal. We start to differ from there, but we can at least all agree we're pretty tired of it. So maybe the uh, ending of it all will be around the corner soon. Fingers crossed for that. We've got a great show on the way today. Uh, We've got a great question coming up from Phoebe before we wrap up the program today, so stick around for that. She's wondering about paid-up life insurance policies, um, has a few questions about that on today's show, so I'm interested to hear her question. Uh, We've got a couple of good movie and TV show reviews at the end of the show as well, so stay tuned for that. But our main topic today is to put your IRA under some scrutiny. That's our goal for today's show. We hope that we raise some questions that make you think a little bit about what's going on with your IRA. Does it deserve a little bit more scrutiny? And I think the thing is here, Scott, that the IRA is an incredibly popular vehicle to save for retirement, right Right there with yep. the 401k, right? right. Um, but are you being too passive about how you're saving and investing inside that account? I know I certainly just kind of throw some things in my IRA and don't really think about it too much from there. So I want to put that IRA through some scrutiny to see if we're truly taking care and taking advantage of all that it has to offer and also understanding some pros and cons in the equation. Now, first things first, a few studies within the past few years have shown that about one-third of people in their 50s and 60s, Scott, have 100%, again, that's 100% of their IRAs invested in the stock market and nothing else. And my question for you, again, with the context that folks are in their 50s and 60s, is that a problem? Well, obviously, Walter, everybody's different. You know, everybody has a different situation and what works for one person might very well not work for another. But as a general rule, as you start to get close to retirement, you're in your 50s and your 60s, you certainly need to start to think about some diversification. Having all that money in the market is just going to end up, you know, possibly causing you some issues down the road. And if you think of it like this, why, like you were saying, when you're working and you're just throwing money in your IRA and just dumping money or even the 401k, you know, because they're basically the same thing, taking money out of every paycheck, you're investing it you're in that accumulation phase. The whole idea is that you're trying to grow that money as fast as you can and save as much money as you possibly can so that when you get to retirement, you're gonna enter that distribution phase. And it's a totally different way of investing. And so when you're in your 50s and your 60s and you're getting very close to retirement, you should start to look at getting ready for that distribution phase so that you can then if the market drops, if we have another you know, coronavirus market drop or 2008, if that happens right before you're ready to retire, it very well may change your plans. You may not be able to retire the way that you want to or live the lifestyle that you want to. So I think it's important that, that you, everybody's different, like I said. And, but I, I think for the majority of people, taking a look at diversifying, maybe lowering that risk level a little bit, and having a quality portfolio built by a professional is going to help you out tremendously. I think part of the problem has got to be, Scott, that people just don't seem to know what their options are. I mean, I think of some family members, and they just really don't even know, I mean, what they can invest in within their IRA besides the usual three, right? Stocks, bonds, and, and mutual funds. Like, okay, well, what else is there? Right, yeah. And, you know, that that is common. And a lot of people even just go to the bank and open an IRA, and they just throw it in a CD. You know, I, I don't think I need to tell everybody listening today that that's not necessary nowadays growing really, really quickly. It's not like back in the early 80s when you could put a 14% CD and just let it sit there and cook till you're ready for retirement. But there are a ton of different types of investments out there, stocks, bonds, almost every type of investment vehicle that's out there, you can put inside an IRA and invest in it. And the key here, though, 
is working with a professional, somebody that knows all those tools. What tools are going to work good for you? What investments are going to work good for you? And, you know, there's a you know, reason why we call this podcast is a retirement toolbox because there are a ton of tools. And having a professional or somebody kind of tell you which tools work best for you and which tools we should be using in certain situations uh, is the key. So there are, you know, you can have ETS, mutual funds, individual stocks, individual bonds, the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, when you get to that distribution phase, and you get in those in the 50s and 60s using kind of those other tools becomes vastly more important than it did in the accumulation phase for sure Walter now we may have a few folks listening to today's show and going all right well maybe some of this some of this scrutiny doesn't apply to my plan because I, I don't put a majority of my funds or my money into an IRA but do most of the things that we're talking about also apply to other tax deferred accounts the, the 401ks the 403bs TSPs those kinds of things yeah, absolutely. I kind of alluded to that earlier, is that basically the IRA and the 401k are the same thing. It's even easier to save and forget about your 401k. You just have money coming out of your check, and you just have that allocation set up, and most people don't even touch it and look at that allocation once they initially set it up. But when, you, you know, when you're getting close to that retirement, you, you got to rethink your strategies a little bit. And you know, as far as the different investment vehicles in the 401ks, 403bs, and, and different qualified retirement plans through your employer, most of those are going to be limited. So you're not going to have the full gamut of investment vehicles out there. You're going to be limited to you know, the investment choices they have sort of on their menu. But a lot of 401ks or different retirement plans through your employer also do allow you to have a separate brokerage account inside your 401k plan. So then you can open up kind of that brokerage account right in that 401k. Then you can pretty much buy anything. You can buy the stocks and the, the, the bonds and you know different mutual funds that are on that list or whatever you want. But again, I, you know, I'd suggest that you work with somebody when you start doing that and you start opening everything up unless you're one of those people that uh, you know, love to do your research and you go home at night after work, you fire up the iPad and you start looking at, at you know performance numbers and financial statements and securities. If you don't want to do that, have somebody certainly help you out with that. But all the same concepts do apply to those just like they do the IRAs. All right, Scott, one more angle I think we should definitely approach here when we start talking about IRAs or any of these kinds of accounts. Some folks, I think, are concerned about the tax implications of moving investments around within their IRA. I remember this is one of the things I first was concerned about when I first started working and was uh, before I started interviewing you, Scott, and learning a lot about these kinds of things. I was really worried that if I went and sold an investment inside of that account, boom, I was going to face tax consequences and tax penalties right off the bat. Just didn't really know how the tax structure of everything worked. And I think that's understandable. Our tax code is not easy to understand by any stretch of the imagination. So can you clarify for us what are the tax rules with IRAs and, and kind of some of the important topics that we need to know about when it comes to IRAs and these kinds of accounts and the tax burdens? Well, first of all, Walter, I'd, I'd like to uh, let you know that I am happy that you've definitely learned something through doing this podcast. Okay? <laughs> at least one thing, right? Yes, at least one thing. But uh you know, the thing about the IRAs and the 401ks is that you can, everything is tax deferred inside there. So if you sell one security and you buy another, you don't have to worry about capital gains or anything like that. You are taxed though, when you do take that money out of the retirement plan. So if you 
take $5,000 out of it and you put it in your bank account, you take a distribution, that money is going to be taxable and it's going to be added onto your tax return as ordinary income. When you, you can't take that money out, well, there are certain ways we can get around it, but at 59 and a half is the general rule. So if you take that money out after 59 and a half, you just pay taxes on it. If you try to take that money out previous to 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty for early withdrawal plus the taxes. So it can get very costly and it can be a very expensive place for you to grab money if you're earlier than 59 and a half. At 72, you're going to require to have to start taking money out of it through required minimum distributions. Again, only taxes are paid when you take that money out of the account. At 72, you're going to be required to start taking money out of that. Usually about 3-4% of the account value is what you're going to have to start withdrawing in year one when you reach age 72. The big thing about this is that if you utilize a Roth IRA, none of those rules apply except the 59 and a half because that money is tax deferred, so you can still make investment changes in there, not worry about taxes. But when you withdraw that money out, it's all going to be tax-free for you. When you get to 72, you're going to not have to take that money out like you do an IRA. So one of the things that I think is important is that you work with a rollover specialist. You work with somebody where you can start to maybe look at converting some of that IRA money to Roth. So when you get into retirement, you're not going to have that tax burden, especially if you think tax rates are going to start going up in the future. So that's why I encourage everybody to hop on our website, get our tax-free retirement toolkit. It's going to give you a lot of great ideas in there. Going to talk about some of these rules and laws with the IRAs, the new SECURE Act that was passed beginning of the year. And then also, it's going to... Uh, allow you to have the some questions about the Roth conversions on how you can create for yourself a tax-free retirement, Walter. Again, that's the Tax-Free Retirement Toolkit. You can get it by going online to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. We'll also put a link in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. But again, it's at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Or you can call Scott at 888-742-0111 and request the toolbox that way as well or ask any questions that might be on your mind about planning for retirement. 888-742-0111. Again, that number to call or skyboxfinancialgroup.com. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And my question for you on this episode, Scott, what would you say is the single best day on the calendar for you? You got wow. 365 oh. days to choose from. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I would tell you this is an easy one. I think the single best day on the calendar, something I look forward to every year, is Thanksgiving. Ah. Not just because I love the food. That is a big part of it, right? <laughs> I, I, love, I love eating, and I, I love the food. But well, I, thought, I thought that's all Thanksgiving was about, was eating. <laughs> it's a big part of it. <laughs> and then you sit in a food coma after you eat so much food, and you just watch football. But what's neat about Thanksgiving in our families, everybody comes over to our house. And my wife's big extended family... Uh, my parents and obviously all the kids come home. So we have this full house of, you know, t upper 20s, close to 30 people at Thanksgiving in our house. And uh, 
I usually I'll smoke a turkey and then and then my wife will do another turkey in the oven and it's just great to have everybody together all at one time so it's probably you know my favorite day of the year Walter that's nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, I've never been as big of a, I, you know, as odd as it sounds, Thanksgiving has never been my big holiday. Um, like if I had, if, of all the holidays, if there's one I could do without, it's probably Thanksgiving. I know that sounds really strange and bizarre, but uh, I guess we just didn't have a lot of traditions growing up. We always did something different on Thanksgiving, so right. I don't have any supreme, supreme ties to it, unlike a lot of families. Definitely, we were more of a Christmas family is where we have all of our traditions and, and those kinds of things. You know, I would say uh, probably just sometime around Thanksgiving, though, maybe a little bit earlier, like early November, late October. I would say that's my single favorite day on the calendar. If I have to pick a day, I'll say October 20th. How about that? I think that's... <laughs> you do have to pick a day, Walter. I'm picking an actual day. It's the yeah. single best day. October 20th. Usually it's good weather, perfect sweatshirt weather outside, work in the garage, put some football. Whatever Sunday is near October 20th, we'll pick that as the uh, best day of the year. How about that? I thought you were going to say it was going to be your wedding anniversary. That's uh, well, depends actually, who's listening to the podcast. September twentieth is the uh, wedding anniversary, so yeah, I should have gone a month earlier. That would have been that would have been very slick. But you I, could I earn some brownie points. I messed you that one the, up already. You could have the wife listen to the uh, podcast? Yeah, she's not big into finances. Um, I'm pretty sure she would have been asleep by minute two of today's show if that were the case. <laughs> and that's not an affront to you and I. Just the, yeah, the, I, I thought it was more entertaining than that, Walter. <laughs> Uh, Connie, especially since we'd probably be listening to the podcast, you know, driving or in the car or something like that. Uh, right. sh- she's usually out when she's the passenger in the vehicle within 30 seconds of leaving the driveway. I don't know what it is, but driving in a car is kryptonite for her. She passes out right away. It's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing to see. I've never seen somebody able to fall asleep like that other than little kids, uh, that right. quick, that quickly. It's an amazing skill. I'm very jealous of her and how she can sleep in pretty much any environment at any moment. It's Plus, you're stuck driving. That's right. Then I got to drive in silence the whole time, right? So <laughs> that's okay. No big deal. I tried to throw little uh, pieces of popcorn kernels in her mouth as she's uh, you know, falling asleep against the window. That's how I keep myself entertained as we drive. Don't tell her that either, though. She doesn't know. <laughs> she doesn't notice all the popcorn on the floor. <laughs> I pick it up. I pick it up before, uh, she, before okay. she wakes back up. Good call. Too funny. All right. Well, there you have it. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And uh, now it's time to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. And our question today comes to us from Phoebe. And uh, if you want to submit a question on the show, by the way, you can do that at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Phoebe says, I have several different paid up life insurance policies on myself a few on my wife, and a couple on each of my adult children. I funded all of these in the years when I was making a lot of money and had extra cash, but now I'm wondering if I have too much of my wealth tied up in life insurance. Is it worth cashing these out and using the money for something else? You know what, Phoebe, that's a great question. And uh, you know, I actually get that question a lot, and I've found that a lot of financial advisors uh, really don't handle this a lot for their clients. And I've had people come in, you know, they have these policies and it's really never been addressed. But you know what, when you funded these life insurance policies, you have to remember one thing. If you've got that cash build up, like it sounds that you've got, you know, policies where you've got the cash build up in there, you do have a lot of different options on what you can do with that cash. And, you know, usually the least desirable of those options is to necessarily just to cash them in and take the cash. Because if you do that, 
you're going to have to pay taxes on any gains that you had inside that life insurance. So you can repurpose that life insurance, like maybe combine them together, combine the cash together into you know, another policy that you could use for you know, maybe some tax-free income later on in your retirement, maybe a policy that's geared more towards growth, like a universal life or a variable life insurance policy where you've got kind of stock market returns tied to that policy. Or you can repurpose it too for a a long-term care or a life insurance policy that gives you long-term care benefits. So you can take that old, those old policies that you don't necessarily need the death benefit anymore, and then you can reposition it. You can do what's called a 1035 exchange. So that's a tax-free exchange from insurance to insurance. And you could even put that money, like I said, into a life policy that will then give you long-term care coverage or something that you need for yourself later on in retirement. Because your needs when you were younger and you funded these policies were different than they are now. So maybe working with somebody that's a fiduciary that can work with you on a plan with some of these might be to combine them together, shop that out there, find some good policies that would have something that would work much better for your situation right now today. And don't forget, you know, I'm always a fan too that you know you can always utilize that money, you know, tax-free for your retirement to help fund uh, later years of your life. So keep that in mind. But great question, Phoebe. And uh, I actually get that a lot. You should definitely work with somebody to try to figure out how you can repurpose those. That'll work best for you. Yeah, it's a really good question. Brings up several good points, Phoebe. Really, I like Scott how it, it's very much like what we talked about at the beginning of the show today. And in your IRA, as you approach 50, 60 years old, you're investing a lot differently than you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so you have to make those changes to that IRA or to that tax-deferred account and how you're invested in there to be more appropriate for your age and your station in life. And Phoebe, kind of the same situation here, although it's not so much talking about the stock market and those kinds of investments, but same idea. Your life insurance needs have changed over the years, so those dollars could be working more efficiently if you were to restructure them. And there are, sounds like, Scott, uh, you laid out several different possibilities and options. So all about just Mm -hmm. what maybe fits your overall situation best now. Obviously, we we can't get all of your details here on the show, but from some, uh, some early little details there, certainly several ideas come to mind. Lots to like in that question. Uh, Really well thought out. Thank you, Phoebe, for submitting that to us. If you'd like to talk to Scott about something that's on your mind, a question that you have about something we've talked about on the show, or something that's uh, germane to your own situation, please reach out. Uh, Scott's happy to answer those questions, maybe even set up a time to chat. In fact, if you'd like to do that, set up a time to meet with Scott, talk about your situation and get a customized financial review. You can do that by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. And you can schedule a time to meet right there from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com. And we'll put a link to that in the description of today's show as well. You can also call Scott at 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. All right, it's time to find out what we've been watching. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. All right, Scott, what's been on the tube for you recently? Well, you know what, Walter? We, on Netflix, we found this limited series. We haven't finished it yet, so I don't know exactly how it all pans out, but it's called The Reckoning. The Reckoning, okay. The Reckoning. And you know how Netflix is. There's all these weird, obscure things, and it seems like every day there's like 100 new shows on there. It does, yeah. 
but and you can never get caught up. But this one was released a little bit ago. It's called The Reckoning. And if you like kind of the murder mystery kind of things, not like the old school murder mystery, but the new, more suspenseful kind of uh, shows, this is great. It's, it's basically, it takes place uh, in a town where there is a, a detective and there was a serial killer that came through town years ago. Then he went dormant. And the detective got all messed up in his mind trying to, you know, find this guy. And then there's another murder that happens. And it's got the same earmarks of this serial killer. And then this guy goes back on the case. And like I said, he's kind of messed up in the mind now after doing this the first time. And he's trying to investigate this murder. And what I like about it is there, there's some, it's one of those shows where there's some characters where you're like, oh, that guy's got to be it. Oh, no, 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 I guess it's not him. This guy's got to be it. So you're always kind of thinking, oh, this guy's a serial killer. It's like they, they make it out like, oh, this guy has to be it. He's creepy. He's doing all this weird stuff. And then, you know, it's not him. So really good show. I think it's only like maybe 10 episodes. That's it. And just one limited series. It's not coming back. But uh yeah, it's really good. Check it out if you like that kind of stuff. I just looked it up. It's uh, based off a John Grisham novel. Uh, okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So, I mean, that just gives it kind of even more credence, I would say. That's pretty cool. And yeah. uh, it's got Sam, uh, was it his last name, Tremel? Sam Tremel in there, the guy from, uh, did you ever watch True Blood? Yep, from yep. Several years? It's, he's the, yep. uh, the bar That's owner. From, I, like, I like him as an actor, so he's in there too, it looks like. Yep. Very cool. All right, The Reckoning. Check it out. I'm going to add it to the list. Um, mine is kind of in a similar vein to that, Scott. We just finished the third season, but it's kind of very similar to this in that all the seasons don't connect, so they're all kind of like little standalone mini-shows. Um, but it's the third season of True Detective. Um, okay. And did you see the first seasons of no i've never i've always wanted to watch that but never got around to watching it well the second one i would say you can skip i i was just i thought the second one was terrible but the first season was amazing still one of the best series i've seen is that what woody harrelson in it it's woody woody harrelson and matthew mcconaughey and they are awesome together yeah so the first season was really 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 good very raw um just very intense great show though great acting great characters i mean just just a cool show. Definitely disturbing, but very good. And then the third season, um, which actually came out, like I, I think it was out a year ago or maybe even a little more than that, but we just got around to watching the third season, was almost as good as that first season. It, it's, it's different enough to where it can really just stand on its own, but had some really good themes and uh, was just the characters are great. But basically each one is kind of like a buddy, a buddy cop show, each true detective season basically follows you know two cops or two partners or two detectives and just sort of follows their story through some something that they're investigating different and actors in each series different each actors season. yeah now there there was a there's a slight uh in the third season there's a slight like they're happening in the same world so and i didn't even i don't even know if they had left other hints of that in previous shows but in the third season there's a hint that this is all happening in the same world it's just different stories at different times but there's not really a connection between any of them and yeah different actors every time gotcha the third season was really good basically uh uh, two kids go missing and uh and then these two detectives in the 80s go looking for the kids trying to find the two detectives 
And so it's a, it's a white detective and a black detective, and and definitely they follow some some racial um, you know discussions throughout the show as well. Mm-hmm. But it follows them in three different time periods. So the story keeps bouncing around between 1980, 1990, and then I think present day they were sort of billing as like 2015 or something like that, several years into the future. And so it kind of follows the story through three different time periods the whole season. So it kind of bounces around, wow. and it's just really really well done, I think. Wow, good. I'll have to check that out. We just finished it last night. So I think it's, uh, I want to say HBO is true Dete- the True Detective one. So you have to have like the HBO Max or something like that to watch it. But I put put my weight behind that. If you're into the HBO type shows, that's definitely definitely a good one. So Yeah, we, we watch one, Righteous Gemstones. That was super good on HBO. Righteous about Gemstones, the, okay. Yeah, about the Holy Rollers. I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah, it's got John Goodman in it. Really okay. good. You got to check that one out. All right, we got we got a bonus recommendation. Two today, two for one today. Two for one. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Love it. Well, there you have it. Uh, our movie and TV show reviews here on the Retirement Toolbox. Scott, thank you for the help and the guidance on today's show. Had a good time as always, and uh, we'll do it again uh, in just a couple of weeks. Walter, I look forward to it. Go Tribe. There you go. Thanks, Scott. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.